Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's philosophy talk. John, I've got a puzzle for you. Philosophers usually treat justice as part of political philosophy and end up talking about what makes for a just state or just nation. But don't we need to worry about justice across state and national boundaries? Good point, Ken. Justice should really extend to everyone in our moral community, not just our fellow citizens. There should be justice for people of all countries, not for just a limited class from the privileged nations. But surely some philosophers have offered some guidance about all of this? You know, they have, they have, and we've invited one of them to help us with this topic. Professor Martha Nussbaum, an old friend of Philosophy Talk, her latest book is called Frontiers of Justice. We'll discuss justice across boundaries with her when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, local innovative public radio for San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And from Philosopher's Corner, that oasis of thought, they migrate to this oasis of the air and then to the Internet via our blog, the blog.philosophytalk.org. I won't quite claim it's an oasis, but it's, it's something cool. And you can now listen to Philosophy Talk anywhere, anytime, at least the best of Philosophy Talk, by uh, downloading our podcast. Today, Ken, our, our topic is justice across boundaries or borders. What do you think about that? Across? Why? What? You know, is there some kind of, why, why do we say justice across boundaries? Is there some kind of problem with justice and boundaries? I mean, what, what's the deal? Well, I think the problem's a bit more complicated than that from our point of view. Uh, everybody thinks that there is a sense of justice that extends across borders. We say it's an unjust world. It's, it's unjust that people in some countries have so little and people in other countries have so much. But when philosophers think about justice, they mostly develop their theories within the context of a state. So justice is an attribute of a particular state. So how do we get a hold on the idea of justice outside of that context? And there's a good reason. I mean, there's some good reason for that anyway. I think I deserve equal protection under the law, free speech, equal, equal economic opportunity. I enjoy those things as a participant in an American political system, right? I mean, I say the government should treat all Americans equally. The government should provide us all with free speech. We, we shouldn't have economic inequality among Americans. Okay, but take me and some Indian in India. We live in different political systems, different e e economic systems, right? We have different governments to make claims to or against. So what's this across-boundaries stuff? I mean, I'm not quite sure. Does my country owe India something? Do I owe Indians? <clears throat> Do I owe individual Indians something? Well, Ken, your 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 point of view, typically philosophical, simple-minded, and out of date, <laughs> uh, may have made sense once when we were uh, a pretty isolationist type world. But in the first place, now as citizens of of the United States, the one remaining superpower, at least for a few years, uh, we're controlling a lot of what happens around the world, and the, and the people that are affected by this have no vote for one thing, and for another thing, economically. Uh, our economic decisions impact the whole world. And in terms of economies, a lot of them are much more local and don't respect boundaries. Why should a, why should a kid that's born in Monterey or Matamoros have fewer rights uh, 
for participating in the Rio Grande uh, economy than a kid that's born in Brownsville. Well, I, I mean, to the extent that there's like international regulation of relations of economic relations or relations between states, I I guess that that makes sense. But it's still kind of hard to me because again, laws are made by nations. Uh, economic regulation is done by nations, by and large. And then they have treaties, but uh, that's a little... Well, it's getting much beyond treaties now. I mean, after all, World War II, American prosecutors prosecuted people from the Third Reich. Now we've got the International Court and criminals from Bosnia are being tried by international tribunals. There seems to be international law, so we need to think about international justice. Well, that's true. And our roving philosophical reporter looked into the process of international justice for war crimes in particular. She files this report. What would you do if your father or son was taken away by armed men and disappeared? Or your mother or daughter was taken to a rape camp? If you can't get justice in your own country, you can look to courts in The Hague. We often have this idea and hope that they will find closure for what's happened to them. Eric Stover directs the Human Rights Center at UC Berkeley. What I've learned in my work, and I would just caution over and over, is that we should actually expunge the word closure from our uh, vocabulary when we talk about victims. One has to understand that all memories in war are local. It's that you suffered under the hands of a torturer or you watched your children killed in front of your hut. Those things are not easily closed. Justice can help in that process, but we can't say it brings closure or helps people move on. The post-Cold War world is trying to deliver justice on a global scale. The international community uh, has decided that there are certain crimes that are beyond the pale and that those, those individuals who commit those crimes should be brought before a court and given a fair trial. That has very salutary effects uh, in that you do eliminate the Charles Taylors, the Slobodan Milosevic's. You get those people out of these countries and in, in their proper places in jail. Stover's book, The Witnesses, contains interviews with victims who've testified at The Hague. People, when they come to testify, they're trying to make sense out of chaos. It's hard to believe that other human beings could commit these crimes, even though they found it difficult, even though they felt the sentencing was too low for the enormity of the crimes. It was a positive experience testifying. Not because they necessarily found closure, but because they felt that they had to go and testify on behalf of those who were lost. I asked him how the world could deliver justice to situations like Darfur. If we are going to say that there are certain crimes that when committed are crimes against all humanity, we can't just leave that as hollow rhetoric. It has to be that there also has to be action, and that action has to be sending in troops to stop the, the, the killing. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Polly Stryker. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.